This is the podcast for Lesson 7, Understanding Disease and Pathology. Okay, so we're just going to look a little bit about this, and then as you go into the Anatomy and Physiology uh, modules, you'll learn more about this. But we're just going to give it a little bit of an opening, and we're going to relate it back to the sort of holistic approach about stress, um, and just discuss a little bit around uh, the body and the body systems. So... To understand how the body works and the concept of holistic healing, we need to have an understanding of the nature of disease and suffering. Um, when we can recognise that one of the body systems or a part of the body is out of balance, we need then to find a way to redress this system. So unless we can actually recognise that something's wrong, we can't make it right again. You know, you can't repair something unless you realise that it's broken. So pathology um, is from the two Greek words, pathos meaning suffering and logos, which means study. So it is the study of suffering. Um, it's the study of disease how it progresses through the body, the effects it has on the body. Pathology, pathologists, we always think of create, uh, you know, sort of carrying out post-mortems. Um, but what they're doing as part of a post-mortem is they're tracking what happened, what led up to the death, because post is after, mortem is dead. So what happened um, to the body so that it resulted in death? So they're looking at it post-mortem. So after the death, they go back and review what happened to the body. So pathology is the sort of the path of the disease through the body. So I think we need to look at other things. You know, we'll look at health and uh, disease and things like that. I have put you a, a link on to the Wikipedia site and there's more information about pathology um on there so give it a read it's quite interesting some of the information so and we'll go on to discover health so before we discuss disease we'll understand what health is have just i'll give you 30 seconds or so just have a think of how you would define health because everybody has got their own concept of what is healthy so I'll just give you a little bit of quiet time and then we'll talk about health. Okay, so... In purely physical terms, health is the stable internal environment which is maintained even though the external factors around it may change. This mean the, means that the body has learnt to adapt and cope with external change and it can still remain in a state of balance even though the things around it may be changing. It's not always to say that this adaptive process is comfortable and at times it can lead to discomfort and suffering, um, but that's not quite the same as illness.
one of the barriers to health isn't so much the illness it can be the emotions that surround the illness and the reaction to what's happening to our bodies um we tend to assume in modern times that science can provide a cure for every situation and we know that's not always true and I think as a result of that we can end up in a state of suffering and worry um, because the orthodox medical profession cannot always find the, the way to treat us, to, the way to make us better. We do also, as human beings, have to take a responsibility for our own health. If you don't look after yourself, if you don't eat properly, if you don't you know, just eat regularly good food, it will have an impact on your system. If you become a couch potato, then you're more likely to develop things like diabetes and heart disease. Some people get away with it. Some people have very good genetics. Um, other people don't. But we do have to take a bit of responsibility. You know, we have to take a bit, a lot of responsibility for our own health um, and what we do um, in relation to keeping our body healthy. So, I have put you the Wikipedia link on again for health. Go away, give it a read, um, and see what you think of it. So we'll talk a bit about disease or dis-ease in the body. Um, chronic effects of stress, pollution, bad diet, unhappiness. Um, they all mount up. And, you know, if it, if it constantly keeps building on us, we will then, you know, find, or the disease will find a little chink somewhere that it can think, aha, I'll have a go at this, I'll pull it and it'll, you know, I can get in there. Um, and then the link will break, you know, and then we've got this sort of um, deepening factor of um, illness within the body and disease. If you look at um, sort of physical manifest manifestation of um, sort of internal factors sometimes um you do find people that sometimes are very um bitter inside um you know sort of bitter and twisted inside and sort of very bitter about things will become quite sort of twisted on the outside almost sort of arthritic and it, you know sort of the they always say that the internal can manifest itself as an external um you know it's a a continuing debate and it could go on for a long time um so we'll leave it at that for today um if you want to talk more about it ask me on a google hangout and we can talk more um but disease is something that we need to be aware of it's a dis-ease it's an imbalance within the body and a mild imbalance if not dealt with can become a very deep um imbalance in the body as well so the sort of you know if you've got com if you get a lot of coughs and colds and things um you know and your lungs are affected if you don't deal with it if you don't try and strengthen your immune system it can then go th down to things like asthma bronchitis um emphysema and eventually probably result in something um 
you know sort of like a lung cancer or thing you know it's a very sort of almost like the layers of an onion uh, and if you can stop it peeling then um, you know you can stop it and you can build it back up again um, but it is very much it's the layers and the deeper the layers the the more chronic the disease so uh, but again it's something that we talk about a lot about in anatomy and physiology so orthodox medicine um will look at the pathogen and it will look at the destruct destructive effects on the body and it will then treat that single factor so if you um have a skin problem if you present to a doctor with eczema they will look at the eczema they will look at the redness they will look at the soreness of the skin and they will treat that they will treat the symptom not the cause obviously there's some reason why the body has developed eczema but what the um orthodox medicine will do is it will treat the symptoms of the eczema so it will treat the, the redness the itching the soreness the possible infection that could get in it because you've got open uh, sore skin <coughs> excuse me so that is what happens with orthodox medicine so antibiotics are used a lot um, in orthodox medicine probably less now than when I was a child because even if you had a cold when I was a child you were given antibiotics and I think that's why I end up, ended up with a weakened immune system um, antibiotics can fight infection they can be absolute lifesavers but if used continually over a period of time they can weaken the body because antibiotics have no way of knowing if they're killing good or bad bacteria so they will wipe out all the bacteria so then the the body has got to create its own flora again and sometimes you know the sort of good um, bacteria you know we have a a balance of good and ba bad bacteria in our body at any time and this is the flora that creates you know the sort of digestive system and things like that if it all gets wiped out and we've only got the good flora it can you know the good bacteria can proliferate and we can end up with things like thrush candida uh, which runs through the system and can cause lots of other problems so antibiotics can be lifesavers but they can over a period of time lower the defences of the body and cause other problems so we need to look at that and holistic medicine you can help support that if you've got somebody that needs antibiotics for a long-term condition you can look at supporting it and you can support it through diet as well and just building the immune system building the positive with people building the positive thoughts with people so that's sort of how orthodox medicine would treat it in holistic treatment um, we'll view this from an aromatherapy point of view what you would do with the oils is you would help the whole body you would strengthen the whole body's defense mechanism against picking infections so you'd be treating with oils to lift the immune system to help get phlegm and excess mucus out of the system 
so that you hadn't got this build-up of mucus where bacteria could proliferate. You would be looking at building the immune system, making sure people were healthy, that, you know, if they did pick candida or thrush up, that, you know, they could try and create the balance again quickly and restore the balance in the body. So you would, we support orthodox medicine. We work alongside it. It's very holistic. It's a whole body approach um, to things. You do get think, times when you will treat the symptoms, but at the same time you're looking underneath as well uh, at what's caused them. As we've talked about lots of times uh, in the podcasts, there is no such thing as one drug covers all. Um, one blend covers all. Sometimes we do have to make blends up, um, you know, that will cover more than one person. Um, I do a lot of work in schools and, I, you know, short of going in and treating every child individually, um, which is not a possibility uh, for time and for monetary purposes. Um, I do make a blend which will cover uh, across, but it's, you know, there are times still when I go in and I will treat a child one-to-one and I will make a very specific blend for them because what fits one doesn't fit the other one. So it is a, you know, one size doesn't fit all with aromatherapy. So we'll look a little bit about inflammation. Um, it's a common reaction to pathogens entering the body. Uh, the, the, you know, the defence mechanism is uh, inflammation. So the sort of almost immediate defence re- me- reaction uh, to tissue injury is inflammation. Now this can be caused by a series of things, whether it be infection, chemicals, physical agents, whether it's pain, whether it's heat through a burn. Um, you know but what results is um, inflammation can be painful it can be hot it can be red and it can swell and it can create a loss of function in the affected part of the body Um, it can display itself as various things so we'll just talk a little bit about the way that inflammation can present itself in the body things like arthritis uh, where there's an inflammation of one or more of the joints you get swelling you get hot redness um, and pain and restriction of movement this is because there is an inflammatory process happening in the joint what's happening is there is a degeneration in the joint there is an inflammatory process taking place to try and protect that joint and it results in arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is a little bit different. It is an autoimmune disorder and it's which the body's immune system acts against damaged joints and soft tissue. You tend to get um, sort of rheumatoid arthritis in things like hands, wrists, feet, arms. They can become very stiff, they can become very deformed um as a result of the rheumatoid arthritis so influenza is a viral infection which is very uh contagious it has caused many deaths throughout the world with flu epidemics and it affects the respiratory system 
it has an inflammatory process obviously in the lungs it will cause inflammation in the lungs you'll get aches pains weakness you will also as part of the symptoms get things like headaches fever loss of appetite sometimes you can get sickness and diarrhea as well in extreme forms and it can leave the body very depleted and can result also in sort of mild symptoms of depression so another inflammatory one is an allergy this is when the body becomes hypersensitive to particular allergens and what happens instead of sort of normal um we'll use a bee sting because this is the one that affects me um you know if you get a bee sting most people will take the sting out um you know clean around the area sometimes put a little bit of antihistamine cream on and they'll have no problems it'll itch a little bit you might get a little bit of redness and swelling around the sting but that's all because the you know the histamine in the body is released it damps down the inflammation it stops the uh, sort of allergic process happening and you know 24 hours later you're fine um i suffer what they call a localized reaction which if i get stung um by a bee which is quite apt because i keep honeybees so i do have to be very careful uh if i get stung on things like fingers um sort of on extremities I've I think I have been stung on my foot as well thinking about it and it didn't have quite the same on my sort of fingers feet which are extremities I get a bit of swelling and a lot of itching um I have to take antihistamine as soon as I'm stung because if not it can swell quite badly now if I'm stung on face or body I again have to take antihistamine very quickly and sometimes steroid tablets as well because the swelling can get quite um, large and I've ended up um, in my local A&E department more than once having suffered multi-stings uh, from angry bees through a bee suit and through jeans and clothing underneath the bee suit and I've ended up with quite large swellings quite bad reactions it can make you feel quite dizzy sick um, quite sleepy as well I don't have what they call you know the anaphylactic shock that is the next one up from the allergy and this is a serious one which um, can result in sort of airways swelling um, and actually can result in death if it's not dealt with fast enough but they are sort of allergic reactions and in the anatomy and physiology we'll talk about the different types of allergic reaction going from mild to uh, to the anaphylactic shock so athlete's foot is one that we may not see as an inflammation but it is uh it's a fungal infection um and it it occurs on the toes it's itchy and sore it may sort of crack um, and bleed it's caused by bacteria and it doesn't help that sort of feet are put away in socks and shoes a lot of the time so it doesn't give you time to breathe but it can result it's an inflammatory um, process uh, in the body as a reaction of bacteria trauma as well can result in inflammation so if obviously if um if you twist your ankle if something hits you 
you have a fall it can all lead to inflammation around the damaged site um, so they're all things to be aware of you know trauma can be a burn as well uh, which would cause blistering and um, affect the skin around it as well so pathology is fascinating and anatomy and physiology is fascinating um, the more I learn the more I want to learn with it um, something that when I was trained I thought oh, anatomy and physiology I suppose I've got to do it and as the you know as you sort of get deeper into it and understand how the body works and understand how holistic medicine and orthodox medicine um, works it becomes very intriguing and it's like sometimes like little bits of a puzzle that all fit together all at once and you think aha I've worked it out I can do it um, and you get clients like that that come and they've got different things wrong with them but you don't know quite where it all slots together and you'll start and unwind it a little bit and undo it and things will become more apparent and then they'll tell you a little bit more and then all of a sudden it all slots together and you think aha that's it it's that that's doing it you know and it's sort of it is an amazing journey um to go on through the human body so and one that you'll start at the end of this module so We'll just talk a little bit about orthodox and um, holistic medicine. So, orthodox um, medicine, allopathy, you'll come across the term as well. It's the treatment of disease by conventional means. So, this is um, drugs that have the opposite effect of the symptoms. So, they're trying to bring into balance the body by... Um, treating it with the opposite you can sometimes create more side effects than uh, than the original disease but orthodox um grew from the original belief was that every uh, person had a spirit inside them and um that if you were bad that you had an evil spirit inside you and that created disease but now obviously the knowledge has grown and we know that now that this is bacteria and viruses and things and um, what orthodox medicine does is it eliminates the disease to heal the client so alternative and complementary is something that we'll come on to next in the 1960s we had flower power we had peace we had love we had free um, free love uh, and people became aware of their spiritual sides and there then started to be practitioners from all forms of medicine some of these started to make inroads um, not always good ones um, but some did make inroads in um, and they were sometimes called alternative therapists alternative medicine and it's a word now that we try and air away from and we try to be classed as complementary therapists an alternative therapist an alternative medicine is what it what it sounds like it is an alternative to taking the orthodox medicine an alternative therapist would tell you to stop taking your medication because they will now medicate you now in the case of a child 
this is illegal and any parent who allows their child or withdraws their child from orthodox medication and seeks alternative health um, treatment can be prosecuted under UK law. You're quite acceptable to, um, with a child, treat complementary but alternative medicine. You There is actually a, an issue with uh, the law. So, complementary um, medicine looks at all the things surrounding you as a person. It builds up a picture and it works alongside the medicine you're already taking from the orthodox to bring the body back into balance. Now what may happen in some cases is over a period of time of having complementary treatments, complementary medicines, that the body needs less orthodox medication. Now this is quite okay uh, and I've experienced it quite a few times that when treating somebody they'll the doctor will slowly reduce the medication to a point sometimes where they come off the medication um, because the body is back into balance. As a complementary therapist you must never tell anybody to stop taking their medication or to reduce their medication. That is a job for a qualified doctor to do and neither must you try and um, diagnose. That's again a, a, a thing for a qualified doctor to do. But the aim of us as therapists, as complementary therapists, is to harmonise uh, a particular situation. So you're not suppressing it in any way. You're trying to bring the body into a state of harmony. So immunity in the mind is quite a big um area that we look at and resistance to disease um, it's very much linked to attitude to behavior it's are you a glass half full or are you a glass half empty person and you tend to find the people that are positive will be able to cope much better and will in the cases of having cancer be able to survive much longer than people who except that they've got cancer and except that they're going to die. And it is quite a, a telling thing to see positive thought in action. So recent studies show that depression um, as a psychological state is not enough on its own to deplete the immune system. But if you are severely depressed and you are very negative then you know the two together will have an effect on the immune system over time if you know if you end up with clinical depression as a result of things around you but you can start and look at it positively and work your way then um you know it is it will help the immune system stay strong and to prevent you dropping into this negative spiral of disease.
as we've talked about, as a therapist, you are looking for the body's cry for help. Um, you need to, dis you know, if you've got somebody that's got a constant headache, constant stomach upset, or breathing problems, or skin problems, then there is something underneath there that's being missed, and you need to start and look at the whole person. What is it that's causing that problem? And as I said, it's like fitting the pieces of a jigsaw together. We are looking at the whole person. You're looking for clues. Sometimes people won't reveal themselves. Listen to the tone of voice. You know, it's... Um, if you say to somebody, how long have you been married? And they say, oh, I've been married for 25 years. Or, I've been married for 25 years. The second voice would say that they're not happy in the marriage. Look at body language as well. We've talked about this before. Um, and look at the whole person to find the underlying cause. So, emotional lifestyle. There's a lot of emphasis now placed on the relationship between your health and your emotional state. Psychoneuroimmunology uh, is a new discipline. Um, it's the study of how the thoughts can influence brain action and how it can directly affect the health of the cells in the body. It's very individual and it's very hard to do research because everybody is different. I'll put your link onto the Wikipedia. Um, have a look at it, have a read. Uh, it's a very interesting area. You know, it's something that, yes, there needs to be a lot more research done into it. So, Placebos as well. They're something that create a lot of discussion because you will find on drug trials that 50% um, are given the drug and 50% are given the placebo. But some people that have the placebo have as effective a result as the ones that have had the drug. It's the positive thought. Is it because you think if you're taking a tablet, it's doing you good? And it's this power of positive thought. Uh, and it's been shown in some cases that placebo tablets are 50%, 56% is effective um, as the actual painkillers and things that they uh, are meant to be. So placebos are quite... Um, I talked about a thing as well. It is very much the power of the mind. And, you know, positive thoughts, negative thoughts. It's that half full, half empty. You know, we are what we think. If we think happy, and if we think we're successful and we think we can do it, then we can do it. If we think, oh, I don't know, oh, God, oh, I don't know, do you think I can? Um, then there's a lot of chance that we might not be able to. So I've put you a couple of videos on. One about positive and negative, and it's a sort of read it and nice music and images. Uh, and it does talk about positive and negative images. And the other one explores the power of thought from the perspective of quantum physics. How the brain can influence. Have a look. It's interesting. Uh, I was never a great physics fan at school and didn't do particularly well in physics. But it... 
it's done in a way that it's understandable uh it relates to a lot of the sort of psychology experts and things you know sort of phrases and sayings and quotes they've given um and there's some quite good research in there so have a look and see what you think um benefits of holistic treatments we'll just finish off with um They are considered to be effective for people with emotional stress, weakened immune systems, because you get the empathy of the therapists. They listen to you, they support you throughout. You come to a therapy, you know, you come to an aromatherapist and you have a treatment, you hear probably 30 minutes, an hour, perhaps sometimes two hours. Um, depends what you're having done. And you've got their time throughout there. You know, you've got somebody to talk to. You get the empathy from the therapist. Whereas if you go to see a doctor, you'll get a three or seven minute appointment and you're in and out straight away. Um, so with a therapist, you've got much more time and they've got much more time to spend as well. Uh, and you can build up a good relationship with people. And sometimes you can open up and tell them things that you perhaps wouldn't tell other people. So if you're using massage you get in the touch you get in the stimulation so this is promoting a sense of well-being within the body and the mind you've got a, the science of therapeutic touch and the therapeutic effect of the essential oils you know are proven through research and you get in the effect of the essential oils on the mind you're helping your client on the road to recovery. Don't ever say you healed them because it's heal thyself. Um, you know, it, it's, it really is a case sometimes of the client taking control of the situation, taking control of their health and thinking, right, this is it. I'm going to start and I'm going to build myself back up because the only way really to do it is tiny steps at a time you know it's one of those you can eat an elephant you just have to do it in tiny pieces um and building the way and you are there to assist the client along their way to the road to recovery essentially those help build the immune system they uplift the mind you know there's a little box of some really nice essentials there that will do both um as we've talked about try the essentials play with the essential oils, practice with the essential oils, smell the essential oils. They are your toolkit. They are your um, possessions, almost. You know, the essential oils will do what you want uh, if you treat them in the right way. So that's the conclusion of lesson, lesson seven, which is understanding disease and pathology. And I'll speak to you soon.